Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot to get to today, as always. Big interview on 60 Minutes last night with the president. And I got to admit, if we didn't do this job, I don't know if I would have sat through the whole thing because the level of BS that it started out with, I'm like, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. Scott Pelley. If you go back five years, you would ask me about Scott Pelley. I would say, you know, seems decent enough. Ask decent questions. What happened to that guy? I don't know, man. This I is the, the same setup. Thing. Yeah. Think about everything that's happened over the summer, okay? Because you have a border crisis, the economy, <laughs> awful, on and on and on. You can pick several. So well for the president, the White House threw a party last week with a concert by James Taylor. It was going so well. Yep. They decided it's party time. <laughs> and who's going to get this rager going? Old JT. Oh, okay. of course. Mr. Yeah. Biden's streak began in June when he signed a bipartisan gun safety law. Then in August, over Republican objections, he signed the largest investment ever on climate change a minimum tax on corporations, a law to lower prescription drug prices, and student loan forgiveness. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest president who's ever lived. Scott Scott Pelley, uh, let me ask you a question. You mentioned that big climate change investment bill. What was that called? The Inflation Reduction Act. Right. What's been kicking America in the teeth for the last couple years? Then when Scott Pelley stood up and wiped the dust off his knees, he continued. <laughs> but Tuesday, as James Taylor sang Fire and Rain, it seemed like both descended on the president's party. The Dow plummeted nearly 1,300 points after a dismal inflation report. <laughs> Summer was going so well. Yes. Oh, my yeah. goodness. You have to be kidding. And it paints this picture. Poor Biden. Golly, such a good summer, and then this. Again, it's President Bystander. According to the media, everything happens to or around Joe Biden, not because of him, or at least in part because of him. I mean, it's ridiculous. Summer's going great for who? I was just talking with an acquaintance of mine over the weekend um, who sold one of his cars. They were a two-car household. Sold one of the cars, not for the cash up front for the vehicle, but because they just couldn't afford two car payments anymore. And they're not, by any stretch of the imagination, poor. It was just we need to we needed to uh, uh, free up that three hundred dollars a month, dude. Report after report of people taking out new credit cards on top of their old credit cards to pay for their bills. Right. Summer was going so well. <laughs> what planet are you on, dude? Yeah. You see Biden's approval rating? Yeah. It was going so well. Yeah. 
Okay, so in part of that interview, Biden is talking about keeping things in perspective yeah. on the economy. Well, as you did hear at the end of the uh, that opening report from 60 Minutes last week, we got uh, an awful report showing that inflation is still running out of control, but the White House is still celebrating the economy somehow. Uh, Joe Biden said, well, all's well during his interview with 60 Minutes. Remain calm! <laughs> what can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just um, uh, uh, just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not. You're, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2 percent. It was a disaster before. It still is. Right. <laughs> but it didn't go up, you know, very much at all. It's, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. But guess what we are? Huh? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It has just barely, it's been basically even. And in the meantime, we created all these jobs. Oh, and prices have, have gone up, but they've come down for energy. And look down the road. We have massive investments oh, being made in computer chips and, and employment. So, I, look, this is a process. This is a process. Okay. David, please, from a news background perspective, how yeah. does that make sense? It doesn't. It okay. doesn't because they talk about 10 million jobs being created. 10 million jobs were not created. 10 million jobs uh, were replaced because of COVID-era lockdowns and people deemed non-essential to, uh, to the workforce basically were laid off artificially. And so people wound up going back to jobs or similar jobs that they had and lost during the pandemic. That is not mm -hmm. a massive job creation program. Um, and, and so, no, it's just a lie. And the idea but, of saying... But, but, but gas prices have gone down. Well, it went... Inflation only went up 0.1% month to month. Okay, but that's actually pretty big. That's actually a pretty big deal. They got half a shovel full of dirt while they were digging that hole. Right. <laughs> not it's, full. it's still a 40-year high, dude. Right. Yeah. People are getting crushed. Yes. That's the problem. I, and you don't you don't talk about well, people needed to run their air conditioner this summer. Their bills were unlike they'd ever seen before. Again, man, it's it's just it's not accurate reporting, and you're letting this guy just go right. on there and do his political speech basically. That was the thing that was disappointing about it. Yes. I mean you knew Biden was gonna lie. You knew he was. But it's Pelly's job to call him out on it. Yeah, and well, you can't say that, that that this is good news. Well, no, that's about as much as he was going to hold his feet to the fire. Right. Okay. And then Joe saying the pandemic is over. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. He declared it. This is the question and answer. They're at the Detroit Auto Show uh, when this back and forth is happening, and everything looks normal, right? Oh, okay. Mr. President, first Detroit Auto Show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. Well, I mean, Didn't he just screw the pooch with the student loan forgiveness? He did, yeah, because they used yeah. this under the HEROES yeah. Act post-9-11. Right. They, right. they used that to justify an executive action to take care of $10,000 or more of student loan debt.
for a bunch of people who owe money and don't want to pay it back. So basically, he just shot his own argument in the face. Right, exactly. I thought this, when I heard that, I'm like, wait a minute. That's you. You you you're gonna walk that one back because you're gonna have to. Yeah, they said they said because the very was an thing emergency. you put in place to forgive the ten thousand dollars you just said didn't exist anymore. Yeah. Okay, well played. Well, and some colleges saying, well, you got to be vaccinated. Yeah, or if not, you got to be testing. Oh no, it's over. So see, people aren't wearing masks here. It's good. Okay, more in that interview. There's a lot to get to with that whole thing. One of the things that was so frustrating, though. Nothing about illegal immigrants in our country. Nothing in that entire piece. I understand the interview was on Thursday. Still, that's one of the biggest stories out. They didn't even mention it. Nope. It wasn't there. No. Unreal. And so, of course, the big talk has been about what Ron DeSantis did the other day, Dave. Yeah, well, media outlets are still freaking out about the 48 migrants being dropped off on Martha's Vineyard. And then promptly shown the door. It's like, here's your hot meal. Now get the heck off my island. Thank you. Go to that military base. Follow the National Guard. Okay, they'll take care of you. Yes. Diversity uh, was good for one day for us. Yes. Now move it. Now, now, now go on. It's getting a little too dark here on Martha's Vineyard. We don't like this. Yes. Uh, here's a roundup of the coverage from over the weekend. Oh, excellent. This is not yeah. owning the libs. This it's, is hurting like, the kids. This is disgusting. This makes my blood boil. This is a humanitarian crisis. This sounds like it could be breaking the law. I mean, is this human trafficking? Is this oh, kidnapping? <laughs> Robin just got Enough broken early with in the show. that crap. Human trafficking. Shut up. I, they're framing it that way. I heard this more than once. Oh, yeah. It's all human trafficking. It's human trafficking now. When Biden was flying them out at midnight somewhere, it was fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No human trafficking going on there. Martha's freaking vineyard. All right, fine. Human trafficking, please. Yeah, and those guys were forced to get on that plane and forced to get off of it on Martha's vineyard. Well, I don't know, man. It seems to me that if you're coming into the country illegally and you get the ticket that goes to Martha's vineyard, that's pretty good. That's a lotto ticket. Yeah, yeah but then they took him out of there and sent him to, well, Cape Cod. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's awful. <laughs> That's terrible, but there's more. So cruel and, and so unnecessary, so uncalled for, and so brazen, uh, it shocks the conscience. Now imagine they were white. Imagine Ron DeSantis goes up to a group of white teenagers, offers them some candy, and says, hey, I'm going to take you to Disney World if you get in my van. What an <laughs> idiotic take that is. See, but, but those kids... Like, didn't just come here from Venezuela or Guatemala or wherever, I mean, and expect something from our government. I mean, that, that, that's a different thing altogether. Terrible analogy here. But what was Terrible. really funny to me, and this is getting kind of buried even by the network that this first appeared on, MSNBC's uh, Christina Lodonio was dispatched to Martha's Vineyard. I mean, MSNBC won't send anybody to the actual border where this crisis is happening, but they'll send them to Martha's Vineyard. Okay, you figure that one out. Yeah. But I thought it was hilarious, this part of the report. It, it, was, it was great, and it just undercuts all of this human trafficking argument. <laughs> God dang. Okay. Well, it, it's, there's another clip, right? Yeah, there is cut two here. Yes, cut two is hung up. Sorry. Roll it. Now. There's activists here, Jose, that are saying that these people were victims of human trafficking. Oh, they God. want an investigation 
from the Justice Department onto what Governor DeSantis is doing, what Governor Greg Abbott is doing, because they're saying that these people are being abused and used uh, to bring a border crisis deeper into the country. Now, I can tell you they are not angry at uh, Ron DeSantis. They are actually thanking him for having brought them to Martha's Vineyard, where they were, they were very well received. See, that's it. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, except then those racists on Martha's Vineyard kicked him out the next day. That's right. Yeah, that was unfortunate. But it's like, yeah, the migrants are actually thinking, like, hey, man, that Ron DeSantis kind of kicks ass. <laughs> he sent us to this paradise island, man. This is awesome. Well, it's really simple when DeSantis says, listen, we have areas that say worst sanctuary city, states, whatever. You have the resources then. That's where we should send these people. Mm-hmm. But the one comparison talking about, well, you compare this to white people, right? Think if it were refugees from Ukraine. What would the reaction from Martha's Vineyard be? Oh, that Obama would they'd, have opened up his house. They'd still be there. Yeah. yeah. Michelle and they had the Ukrainian flags out there. Yeah, Michelle would have made a whole bunch of potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the racists? Well, no, you're right. No, you're, that's a great point, actually. You're right. That yeah. I heard that. I'm like, man, that that is absolutely true. Um, one of the things I was somewhat surprised to see when I came in today was Robin's glued to the TV with uh, the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. Well, you know, I, I got up this morning. It's on all the news channels, right? So yes. I'm watching it. And something struck me when I'm watching this. Yeah. Thousands, of, hundreds of thousands of people lined up, you know, to pay their respects as yeah. the, as the uh, motorcade rolled by, right? Mm-hmm. No one chained themselves to a fence. No one was lying across the road. No one was throwing paint, screaming, holding up signs. None of that crap that we'd get here. You tried to do that here? Are you nuts? You know what would happen? What? What? Queen is a racist! They'd be out of their minds. Why are you yelling? Why so are I'm, you I angry? I keep thinking they either took the baton this... to the back of the head to anybody oh. who spoke up. It is baton territory, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and they, or they just know better. Just don't do it. And you're going to have to pace yourself with the anger, man. Gosh, dang. <gasps> Queen <laughs> Climate change is causing the recession. That and much more coming up right here. All right, then. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, if we just knew what caused the recession, that could keep us from making mistakes in the future. <laughs> yeah, true. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. So hard to figure out, isn't yeah. it, though? Head scratcher. Huh. Weird. Uh, yeah, FedEx came out last week and said, yeah, we're in a recession. The whole world is in a recession. Uh, the only question is how bad it's going to get around the world. Uh, White House economist, though, Heather Bausche, was on CNBC this morning and said, hey, we're working on it, okay? Just be patient. Oh, my goodness. Now, we're all coming out globally of a global pandemic. On top of that, this uh, war in the Ukraine that, have, uh, that has upended global energy markets. These are very challenging times. And then you add to it uh, disasters like what just happened in Puerto Rico, where they had no electricity um, because of a, a storm. These kinds of climate challenges also are in front of us. And that is why the president what? has focused his agenda so much on shoring up our economy so that it can deliver Heather. for the American people. Whoa. Storms, that happens every year. Right. Puerto Rico it's happened got, every year we've been alive. Puerto Rico gets hit by a hurricane or whatever. and Well, that's, that's why we've had inflation for the last year and a half. Uh, okay. It had nothing to do with flooding the market with cash when we didn't need to. 
Nothing to do with that. Right? Uh, no. No, not at all. Oh, he flooded the market with cash. We just printed as well. But yes. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've heard, you know, different stats about the housing market. Mm-hmm. Because you know, Freddie Mac, it's the right now, 6.25%. So basically that adds up to, depending on, you know, the amount of money you were going to pay for a house, your interest rate just more than doubled yeah. than what it was a year ago, yeah. what you would be paying on a house payment. So people that were first-time home buyers, they're getting themselves out. I mean, they're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. No. Holy smokes, man. Yeah, the way the numbers work out is, as of right now, you're looking at like buying 30% less ha- less house for the same amount of money. Yes. So people are just not yeah. going to do it. Oh, you don't need that extra bedroom. Right. Well, it, it, this affects everything. Uh, of course it does. But they don't seem to think that. All of a sudden we hear, you know, hey, more jobs. And, and some of the gas prices came down. Yeah, to $4. It's still a lot more than it was before. And everything else costs more. It gets frustrating to hear these people on TV try to explain something that they just keep going in a circle that makes no sense. Anyway, anybody watch football yesterday? Yeah, I watched yeah, some. I did. You did? Yeah. Oh, your Bears. It was a tough night, Scott. Jeez. Oh, yeah, that was tough. Not good. Well, you're tough. Cowboys. I watched that game. I, yeah. yeah one. Yeah, yeah, they won. I know. I, I was Cooper pretty... Rush. We got a quarterback controversy. <laughs> I'm joking. I thought that was just a joke. They won. They they did win. Did you see Tom Brady get into the verbal there? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was a fight in the Saints Buccaneers game. And the thing about Tom Brady, he doesn't back down to anybody. You know that the DB from uh, New Orleans. He popped off something, and Brady turned and said, bleep you, B-word, like female dog. And that was it, man. And then Evans comes from the sidelines, blows that dude up. They both got kicked out of the game. But the Buccaneers are 2-0. and They look really good. They got the Packers next. Well, I, it's kind of amazing what we're seeing with Tom Brady at that age. Yeah. Oh, to keep himself in that kind of shape yes. at that age. It's yeah. It's one of those where I don't know that we'll see it again. But another part of me is like, well, maybe other people are going to learn that you can do it this long if you take care of yourself. I'm not sure. Um, we did find out we're going to send troops to uh, Taiwan if, Chinese, uh, if China goes there. What was that? We'll get to that much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. There's David Van Camp, the millennial, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so war with China? Maybe? Uh, the president certainly said yes if, if they invade crazy, Taiwan. man. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I, I'm like, is everybody gripping now? Even like his handlers are like, oh, crap, what? Oh, they are. Uh, so President Biden has committed to sending troops to Taiwan if China Jeez. were to invade. This was on 60 Minutes last night, <laughs> and I love, I love how... You know how 60 Minutes does it, right? They do a long, long interview, and then they whittle it down to about 24 minutes for the like main piece of the, of the episode. And yep. I love how Scott Pelley decided to edit Joe Biden just a couple seconds after he started speaking. Yes, what did the raw interview look like is right. what I want exactly. to know. Exactly, yeah. Here's the exchange. There's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging them being independent. We're not, that's their decision. 
but would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. Yes, boy. Gee whiz. It freaked you out, I can tell. Well, that one really troubled me when I heard that. I'm like, what is he talking about? He's going to get us involved in something else. (laughs) (laughs) This knucklehead. It didn't affect me that way. I, well, maybe it me, because yeah, what the Ukraine thing, and now that yeah, okay. To be fair, how many times did Trump say something that might have been different from his advisors? Probably oh, all a lot. the time. Yeah, right. And did anything awful ever come out of it? I don't think he was threatening China. He could threaten anybody. But if they went to Taiwan. He was going to fire. You remember back. the freak out when he said there will be fire and fury unlike this world has ever seen? Oh, I, 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 I talking about North remember. Korea. Yeah. <laughs> People were weeping and wailing. Oh, yeah. Biden doesn't really run it. He just gets out there and talks on 60 Minutes. And then in David's words, it's clean up on Isle Joe. Yeah. This is the way it works. Yeah, pretty much. And I I, I do wonder, see, if he weren't riddled with dementia, I would wonder Mm -hmm. if this isn't part of some kind of almost like taking a page out of Trump's playbook. You know, Trump says something to try to be a wild card factor and right. then the people within his administration try to clean up after him. Uh, like the time, I mean, remember, media melted down when uh, Trump gave a phone call to the president of Taiwan. Yes. Remember that? I was like, oh my gosh, he's violating the one China policy. <laughs> all, all this stuff. I mean, that's miles away from a president actually committing to ground troops in, right. uh, in Taiwan if China were to, were to try to take back the island. But. Uh, but still, you know, again, if Joe weren't riddled with dementia, I'd wonder if this isn't just trying to keep China on their toes. Yeah, but you go back to he's riddled with dementia. Right, he is. And so, yeah, that was, I mean, it was easy to see in that interview. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, if if we were to give him credit for being the mastermind to just throw out this wild card here to keep people guessing, I don't think he would sound like this when it comes to Putin, possibly using chemical weapons or nukes. Because it was like this him and haw sort of thing. And I'm guessing, Scott, this also got you a little bit nervous. Yes, it did. At least a little bit. I wonder, Mr. President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Don't. 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 Three don'ts. Not exactly Darth Vader. (laughs) That's not exactly Trump. No. You know, don't. 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 It will change the face of war, unlike anything since World War II. And the consequences of that would be what? What would the U.S. response be? You think I would tell you if I knew exactly what it would be? Of course I'm not going to tell you. So you don't know exactly what it would be? Or you have an idea? You've never talked about it? I'm not sure. It'll be consequential. They'll become more of a pariah in the world than they ever have been. And depending on the extent of what they do, will determine what response would occur. Okay. Mm, boy. What was your reaction to that hearing it? Well, that at first I thought, okay, well, here he is again plagiarizing Donald Trump. Hey, listen, it's going to be serious, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Right? right. You don't want to paint yourself into a corner. But 
at the same time, I mean, everybody, everybody in the world kind of knows if Putin were to drop a nuke somewhere in Ukraine, that changes mm-hmm. the face of the war overall. Sure. And then it is, okay, it, we're at war with Russia. Mm-hmm. Period. Uh, that's what happens. That's the logical endpoint. And I understand if the president doesn't want to say that, but he just sort of like trails off a little bit. They're, they're going to become more pariahs. It they, sounds so weak to me. It reminds me of and sanctions. There's yeah. going to be meaningful sanctions. That is, well, strengthen Russia in many ways. <laughs> well, the, the sanctions we currently have have been very meaningful, apparently. You know, that's that's the part but that doesn't seem to make sense. Right. And uh, Pelly went on, you know, we're we're beating them, you know, and they're retreating. What if he's, you know, pushed into a corner? That's what led up to that whole question. Okay, switching gears. Martha's Vineyard. It was, well, some would say a, a national disaster. Well, yeah. Because, you know, the playground... 48 migrants were there. Oh, my gosh. That's a vacation place for the rich and powerful. We can't have that. Are they here to serve us? No? Right. Well, <laughs> screw that. They Don't did, see any leaf blowers here. They, they did actually invite them back uh, next summer for Obama's next birthday party. Got it. I mean, they're going really nice. to be waiting tables and doing dishes, but they can go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Martha's Vineyard, they hosted uh, 48 migrants for less than two days, and they're wanting to already give themselves a Nobel Peace Prize. I, I, I love the CNN article where they spoke to people who live on Martha's Vineyard, and yeah. they said, oh, they have changed us. And CNN says, <laughs> CNN's headline says, it has left an indelible mark on Martha's Vineyard. 44 hours is how long they were there. Our hearts were really touched. This is, no, th- this is seriously. This is the the this is the person who does a mission trip to like Guatemala or something and comes back thinking they're worldly, right? right. Or like speaking with a slight Spanish accent and saying, "Well, right. in Guatemala, here's what right. we do." Exactly. You know that. I, it's like, oh, I had yeah. a summer abroad, and now I now I know all of the deep, rich cultural history of France, <laughs> dude. It's insane, uh, but. Also, NBC News, not showering themselves in glory here, uh, they deleted a tweet that compared migrants to trash. Mm -hmm. And in fairness to NBC, they were quoting somebody who said that. Uh, But as the tweet read, uh, Florida Governor DeSantis sending asylum seekers to Martha's Vineyard is like, quote, me taking my trash out and just driving to different areas where I live and just throwing my trash there. That's right. Now, that was actually a quote from a ad executive, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is uh, Max LaFeld. He uh, slammed the move as a political stunt. Uh, and he says, yeah, it's, it's like me taking my trash out and just driving to different areas where I live and just throwing my trash there. And I, I just have to remember that one time Don Jr., when we were talking about Syrian refugees. Remember, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted out, uh, I think it was a meme, saying, if you had this bowl of Skittles and you knew that two out of the however many were in there were poison, would you still give this bowl to your kids? Talking about the risk of having terrorists embedded in the refugee program, which there are terrorists embedded in the refugee program. Of course. Uh, But uh, they got slammed. Even Skittles came out and said, we are not people. You know, this whole thing. (laughs) That's right. I forgot about that. Well, once you piss Skittles off, well, you got problems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but now, but now, like you, you've actually got people who say they're there to help on Martha's Vineyard, comparing human beings to trash. Yes, it's really something. 
Well, I mean, if you want to get ridiculous with that comparison, okay, it seems like you're if you're going to say trash, you're you're dumping the trash at places where they can't handle the trash. And so the person then says, hey, we're going to send this to waste management who said we want the trash. Yeah, <laughs> we right. value right. it. And then you gripe and moan about, well, now I know I got the trash here. Right. <laughs> what a bunch of dopes. Yeah. Um, on the education front, you know how we've seen a lot of things in Canada over the years, and you're like, man, they're nuts up there. But it in, ends up infiltrating down into the United States. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this high school in Ontario that has defended the trans teacher? Oh, for God. what they're wearing? Yeah. Okay, who wants to be the adult here and describe what they're I'll, wearing? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Okay, so you've got a male instructor who's dressed as a woman. And yes. it's not so much just that this person is a man who identifies as a woman, but this man has decided to attach some ginormous jugs to his chest. Yeah, I'm, this isn't like anything that you would say, this is a big-chested person. No. It, it, it's like... It's Halloween. Yeah. It's ridiculously big. It's They're like the size of beach balls. Yes. And you've got the prosthetic nipples that are protruding. Yeah. And right. apparently this racers, person is... Hands of them. Yeah. Well, like a, like a wood shop instructor. The video I yeah, saw... Yeah, he's a shop guy. Where he's... Teacher. He, he's got the big saw and he's like cutting wood and whatnot. And I'm just like, well, out of all the times when people need to be masked up, by the way, it's when you got sawdust flying around. <laughs> Okay, the main point of this is how can a kid go in this class and actually learn something? Because it's this massive distraction all the time. Yeah. All these kids are talking about, listen, uh, yeah, we don't think it's normal, but you can't say anything. Last year, the teacher was a man. I don't think the school can fire him. Maybe they're building a shelf to put on top of that. In shop class, yeah. to rest said prosthetic breasts. Yeah, right. Maybe. So they can put, like, their tools, their little drawers on it and put them in there. Yeah. Maybe. This is crazy. Look at that. Uh, the at district that had this to say. We strive to promote a positive learning environment in schools consistent with the values of uh, the district and to ensure a safe and inclusive environment for all the students, staff, and community, regardless of race, age, ability, sex, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, ethnicity, religion, cultural observance, socioeconomic circumstances, or body type or size. Well, but that's not a body type. Those no, are prosthetics, not. and they're... I mean, I saw the one video of this dude, like, using a miter saw, and that's a big blade there. Yes. And, and, and the fake boobs are, are really in danger of, of getting in the way of that saw. Oh, yeah. Take all the <laughs> culture war stuff out of there. This is a safety issue. <laughs> but you're normal... You're right, but you're normalizing a mental illness here. I mean, this is just... In, in the in the world of academia, for crying out loud! Oh man, I, you know you get uh, see memes all the time. There was one not with everything mentioned here, but it was something similar. Maybe you've seen it before, talking about just an inclusive environment where it's regardless of race, age, you know, sex, gender identity, expression, sexual sexual orientation, you know, ethnicity, religion, cultural observance, all that. We have those places. They're called prisons. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't help it. That was that was pretty funny That's to good. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And we hear a lot of talk about slavery. Um, how many more people are slaves in the world now than before the pandemic? Have you heard this number? No. Yeah, David has this story. It's really interesting. And outdated fashion rules you can now ignore, Scott. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Yes, David. Sorry, I just... Ah, uh, gosh. Okay, it, we talked about this guy before. Uh, he's a he's an NBC News historian, and he's actually an informal advisor to the president. Michael Beschloss. Oh, yeah. I just, remember. So, so the Queen of England's uh, funeral is happening today, and Michael Beschloss tweets out, amazingly enough, the first incumbent American president to attend a British monarch's funeral is Joe Biden. Like, that's some great accomplishment of his. It's been a while. I know. <laughs> it's been a minute. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, celebrate the wins. That's what the Biden administration is trying to do. We just don't celebrate our wins enough. It was historic. It's like Afghanistan. Greatest airlift ever. There you go. <laughs> you know that. Well, I, well, of course I do. Who doesn't know that? Sure. Man, this is sobering to know what's happened over the last couple of years. Yeah. Because the powerful have gotten more powerful. Mm-hmm. Some would say it's by design. I've said that for a while. Mm-hmm. They get called tinfoil hatters. But watch it unfold. So what is this story about, David? Uh, a really sad story out of Bloomberg that 10 million more people are now in slavery across the world than in 2016. And it's really gotten... Well, the numbers have gone up significantly because of COVID-era lockdowns and travel restrictions. People have been pushed to the brink of desperation around the world uh, because of a lack of resources, because of a lack of trade going on with China, with the United States, all of that. Mm -hmm. And they've been pushed into a situation where they're willing to enter modern-day slavery. Or they need to. I shouldn't say they're willing to. They need to. Man, oh, man. You know, not only that. We were talking about the housing market a little while ago. Yeah. Talking about, you know, with an interest rate at 6.25, a lot of people are just bowing out saying, I can't afford it. It's mm-hmm. too much interest over a long period of time. So with them out, guess who goes in and gobbles up all those homes? Mm-hmm. Well, places like BlackRock, the Chinese yes. government, or companies that are fronts for the Chinese government. Yes. Yeah. So again, the rich become richer. And more powerful. It's happening right before our eyes. A lot of people want to pretend it's not happening. It's absolutely happening. And I mean, if you want to say, was th- was this really the plan all along? I'm not saying I can tell you definitely. You can look at different signs. But look who has become more powerful over the last two and a half to three years. And look who is not. Doesn't the name BlackRock sound dooming? <laughs> BlackRock. It is. Dude, it's not like a speckled puppy would work. The last few <laughs> years, you wouldn't think a thing of it. It's it's accelerated too. I mean, they're buying up entire neighborhoods. Oh yeah, right now because they no can buy about the, it. the houses for cash, and if the value of homes starts to dip a little bit, they can undercut what the asking price is because they can close these deals quick. Yep. Oh, real quick, the outdated fashion rules that you can ignore now, Scott. Oh yeah, I'm the no denim on denim. It's okay now. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, your shoes, belt, and socks don't all have to match. 
been bucking that one for a long time. And way out front, yeah. Uh, the no socks with sandals, you're yeah. back in. You can do that. Yeah. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, we're growing the economy, all right? <laughs> so just relax. Literally not growing. I mean, that's that's oh, what on. happens. You have uh, two consecutive quarters of negative growth means that, well, the, the country and the economy is not growing. It, well, that's Joe Biden's truth. Yeah. And he's the president, so we're, we're just <laughs> rolling with that truth. Gosh, well, well Joe was on 60 Minutes last night and was asked uh, what he can do to avoid a recession. I mean, we're in one right now. A bunch of geeks and apologists won't won't admit it, but we're in it. FedEx actually yes. came out last week and said, yeah, we're in a recession. Uh, yeah. By the way, around the 30-second mark of this clip, it'll sound like someone edited the audio. As far as I can tell, this wasn't edited at all. I know I didn't edit it, and I'm pretty sure 60 Minutes didn't either in this case. But it, it is the train just switches tracks very unexpectedly. That does happen with Joe. Yeah. All right, let's roll it. What can you do to prevent a recession? Continue to grow the economy, Uh-oh. and we're growing the economy. It's growing in, no, in a way that hasn't in years and years. How so? We're growing entire new industries. We're six hundred and ninety-five, I think it is, or eighty-five thousand new manufacturing jobs just since I become president of the United States. Continue to grow the economy and to continue to give hard-working people a break in terms of we pay the highest drug prices in the world of any industrialized nation, making sure that Medicare can negotiate down those prices. By the way, we've also reduced the debt. No, you haven't. You keep saying that. Over and over again. And he comes up with some number. It is... It's the sleight of hand that you feel like you got to go through the details of every time, but we all know it already. So, so what they did, if just the the short version of this, they're saying they reduced the deficit because they allowed pandemic era uh, social welfare programs to expire, and so that's no longer being bankrolled. And they say that means they cut the deficit. No, they didn't. They just no, didn't. they didn't. They just didn't continue to spend certain money oh, man, or oh, man, oh, a certain man. amount of money. We just yeah. got to continue doing what we're doing, grow the economy. It's like you're getting shut out at halftime. You're the coach, and you're doing the halftime interview. So, coach, rough first half. Well, what do you need to do in the second half? Well, we just we just got to keep putting points on the board. <laughs> no, you don't have any points. It's 17 to nothing. How about some points on the board? Right. Yeah. No, it's... You knew... <laughs> I keep waiting, and every time there's an interview with Biden, I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. He's going to go, prescription drug prices. Yes. And I've yet to see that pop up in any survey I've seen of what people actually care about. It's not that that it's not a problem. It is. However. Right. But, God, there's like 16 other things up there. Well, and again, man, I cannot believe we did not talk about illegal immigration. Oh, I know. This entire thing. Never brought it up once. Pelly never said, question him about it, nothing. Well, the whole thing's a fluff piece. Okay, you know what? I will go ahead and give you the proof of the fluff piece, and then I have a special clip for David, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. 
Um, this will go just over 30 seconds, but we'll enjoy it together. And then I want your reaction. The much more modest bipartisan gun law that passed this summer may be the best example of the president's legislative breakthroughs that no one thought possible. How'd an old guy do that? He asked us earlier. We have a theory. Joe Biden is among the longest serving politicians in Washington. If there is less bounce in the step than there once was, if the words don't flow like they used to, Maybe there's something to be said for know-how. Five decades on the Hill and in the Oval. Okay, so he can't put a sentence together. I hope Joe bought him a drink. Jeez. But how about that know-how? He's just got the know-how. How do you quantify that, by the way? And who said that wouldn't, no one thought we would get it done? You have the Senate. Right. I, I don't know, man. I was like, you got to be kidding me. What a fluff piece that is. Hey, you know, I know you're watching this interview, and we can all tell this dude's senile. All right? He's jumping all over the place, but boy, he can get her done. Yeah. I know your life has gone down the crapper since he's been in office, but he can get her done. Yeah. Wow. And on that assault weapons ban, he, he wants the ban on assault yeah. weapons. He hasn't been able to do that yet, but he still wants to. Okay, and this is for you, David. Banned. Sullivan banned. There's no rationale. Deer aren't running through the woods wearing Kevlar vests. Again? That's one of David's favorites. I I know they're not wearing Kevlar vests. I understand that. (laughs) That's not really what the Second Amendment's about. I'll just keep rolling here. Somebody came in and told you about Uvalde when it happened. And I wonder what you thought. Again, I've gone to every one of those places. And in Uvalde, I spent time with every single four hours. Four hours. And the pain. The pain. And it's just so, so unnecessary. So wrong. Who the hell need? Don't get me going, but I've met with every one of those families. And, and, and extended families for four hours. Wow. Okay. Do you want a cookie? Four hours. It was such a burden. I mean, that, that would have been a good part to bring up if you're Scott Pelley and you're actually at least trying to pretend to be a journalist. You'd yes. actually say, you know, the number of people who have died at our southern border is double the number of people who died last year because of these so-called assault weapons. Mm -hmm. You realize that, right? Like, you actually could, right now, fix that on your own without Congress. Mm -hmm. But you won't do it. Why not? Right. Forty-some people cooked to death in the back of a semi trying to come across. People die every day. There was a five-year-old and a three-year-old that drowned a week ago. What do you say to those people, Joe? No, because that's not what this is about. It's to prop him up. Oh, sure. Man, the deer in the Kevlar vest. That one. You know, just you, going back to the when hits. you when you mine comedy gold like that, you got to go back to the well. I guess so. Mm-hmm. And then I know that some focus group told him that you're, when your passion comes out, Joe, it resonates with people. Uh-huh. He had to have been told that because then all of a sudden it'd be like pain. Yeah, he right. grits his teeth together. Well, you know, one of the things that people like to do now, and it's gaining in popularity, is hog hunting. And one of the more popular weapons now to use are these so-called assault weapons. 
Have you seen this video of this lady in uh, Italy? Because I think you can have a maximum of three rounds in any rifle. Uh, so she's hog hunting, and she empties the gun, three shots, into the boar, and it keeps coming. And she beats it away using the gun as a club oh. now. So that's oh, one my. of the reasons why for people who go and, and, and hunt hogs, which hogs are, can be a really big nuisance for ranchers all over the place. And that, that's why they like the high-capacity magazines, because yeah. you can keep shooting at them. They must be wearing Kevlar vests. <laughs> no, they've got thick hide. <laughs> and they're fast and they're mean. I guess that is like a Kevlar vest. It kind of is, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to go to who needs this for hunting, well, a lot of people do like them for hunting. Yeah. But screw your facts, David. Biden's rolling here, okay? Yeah, it's a joke. Okay, speaking of illegal immigration, resident in Eagle Pass said what? Oh, yeah. Uh, this, while, while everybody is uh, praying for Martha's Vineyard right now, a woman in Eagle Pass, Texas, had to sell her family restaurant because illegal immigrants keep breaking in and stealing stuff. Oh, my gosh. Uh, she had to sell her cattle and horses as well because illegals kept breaking down her fences. And so it just becomes so cost prohibitive to try to keep the, the fences maintained. And then if one of the cattle gets out and does some damage, she's on the hook for that. She's liable for that for those damages yeah crazy so it just becomes it became too much and so okay they're just getting rid of it uh this is selena buenteo price speaking to fox news it, it just feels like we're completely overrun and we've lost control of everything I, at least i know that 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 here it's you're helpless not only has my business been broken into and ran, ransacked it's just the insecurity now, you know, you don't feel safe at home anymore. I didn't have to have a shotgun in the kitchen. I didn't have to have a pistol in my bedroom, and my daughter sure didn't have to have a pistol. Well, you know, when I'm listening to that, too, how does legacy media always frame a story like Martha's Vineyard? People just coming here, right, running from danger. Never post it as, no, some of these people are a danger. In her room either, but you're scared, and you worry because... You think of, of the worst-case scenarios, and that takes, that takes your peace and our peace as we knew it, our security as we knew it, is gone. Man, it's infuriating to hear stories like that. Legacy media is never going to tell it. Oh, and, and she says one of the uh, makeshift uh, processing centers is not that far from where the restaurant was. And so every day you're getting hundreds of people just dropped off there. Where are they going? Nobody knows. Yeah, and who feeds them now? Right. Who feeds them coming up through Mexico? People wonder that, too. Well, it's a lot of groups that are there. But once they're in the United States, it's a different story. Okay, we have audio of Justin Trudeau. What is this? Oh, yeah, I, w I wanted to play this just for Scott here. Okay. Uh, Justin Trudeau is in the UK to honor the Queen of England. Her funeral yeah, today. This morning, walking in. Yep. Yeah, and uh, apparently he was at a hotel bar and someone was playing piano and he d it was a little sing-along with, with, with Justin Trudeau, a.k.a. Fidel Castro Jr. Please tell me it's not James Taylor, Fire and Rain. No, it's not. Okay. It's better. No, this might offend you even more, I think. Mm. Okay, roll it. <laughs> Take
taking your Queen Classic, Scott. All right, little Castro. <laughs> Was he drunk? Well, I, that I don't know. That would be pure speculation on my part, but to me, the answer is yes. Hmm. God. Is that offensive? Well, yeah, he offended me. It's blasphemy. Is it because it was him or just any drunk person that's singing Bohemian well, Rhapsody? Well, yes, because it's him and he's a drunk person trying to sing Bohemian Rhapsody. So no Whoa. drunk person should ever sing I've it. been Whoa. a drunk person trying to sing Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say we have the audience. I was just going to I knew you. I knew it. I knew you did. And I was a drunk person trying to sing a Bohemian Rhapsody. On public transportation in Portland. Gosh, dang it. Yeah. We have that. Do we have that in the archive, No, David? we don't. <laughs> I'm Probably looking for it. it. Yeah. I haven't heard it in a well, while. Well, I don't want to hear it. I think you do. <laughs> hey, man, people were singing along with me. Oh, yeah, it was fun. I was there and sober. I still had fun. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, news update to get to. Oh, and people are ticked off about Amazon Prime in the NFL. Next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Maybe you saw this. One of the locals at Martha's Vineyard did call on the Obamas to open their $12 million home to migrants. thought that was pretty good. Well, they didn't do it, though, because they don't no, have They to. didn't do it, yeah. No, but I mean, at least someone said, hey, this is what you should do. I don't blame DeSantis here for sending these people here. The Obamas are all about this. They should be opening up their home. They may get voted off the island in a hurry. You speak out against the Obamas like that. But never fear as far as any problem at our southern border with people just flowing in. I mean, we're on it, okay? Because the other day, maybe you heard this, Karine Jean-Pierre said we were on it and did so in such an eloquent way. She has a gift, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead and roll it. Have you heard this, by the way, Scott? No. I... What we stand by is that we are doing everything that we can See? Uh, to make sure that um, uh, that we follow the process that's been put forth. That's why we have uh, historic funding uh, to do just that, to make sure that, um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, to make sure that... Um, to make sure that uh, the folks that we encounter at the border be removed uh, or expelled. Ooh. We she, better take that struggle bus to D.C. She makes me, she makes me nervous cow. every time she starts talking. Yes. Ibeda, ibeda, ibeda. Yeah, that was a rough patch there. You know, uh, um, uh, to make sure that... Um, to make sure that uh, the folks... That oh, she's got to stutter. Quit making fun. <laughs> Okay. What was that? What was that? That was like synapses firing all over the place. Dude, when you're not very good at it to begin with, okay, reading off papers, that's pretty much what you're there for, and then you have to go off script and lie? Yeah. That's what happens. I mean, that's like a four-year-old <laughs> Hand in the cookie jar. You take a cookie. Uh, uh, we have a policy uh, that uh, uh, that that I'm not supposed to um, eat uh, the cookies out of that jar. Yes, uh, this is a sad story, man. Just I give you just the highlight. Yes, new study out finds that veteran suicides are 1.37 times greater than what the VA reports. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know about anybody else. As soon as I see something like that, and I think about 
everyone that's getting ten grand toward their student loans, and we don't take care of people that have served the country, it's maddening. Now, the first thing I thought was just being snarky, but my first reaction was, well, I guess we got to send another few billion dollars to Ukraine. Yeah, think that too. Unbelievable. Oh, I mentioned a complaint about Thursday night football with Amazon Prime. Have you seen this? Yeah, I have. Because I guess Thursday night is is only on Amazon Prime now because it used to be, what, NFL Network? Yeah, they would show it there and I think on CBS. Yeah, One of the other networks. some of the games mm-hmm. would be on CBS, I think. So Amazon pays a billion dollars to have the exclusive rights to Thursday night football. Is it a billion dollars? That's Holy what I just read. smokes. Yeah. Now, was that just a talking point? Like, oh, they spent a billion dollars. No, I think it was a billion dollars. You can fact check that one, David. Wow. I think that's the deal. Um, but not only do people hate it because they may not have Amazon Prime, some people are great from the Mona because there are so many commercials for Amazon Prime <laughs> after you've paid for Amazon right. Prime to watch the game, and the game wasn't very good. It was all pixelated. Yeah. Bad. You heard that, too? Yeah, I, I I mean I saw it. It 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 does. It, sometimes the streaming works, and sometimes it really doesn't. And I guess if it's an exclusive streaming event, it makes it even harder to keep that image looking good for everybody. A lot of money for the NFL, yep. though. That's really weird. You mentioned that because I just found out about it. Yeah, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. Uh, biggest story of the day. Boy, there are a lot here out of that 60 Minutes interview, uh, including the President of the United States, Joe Biden, committing to ground troops if China invades Taiwan. He also says, hey, you know, I know the economy's in the toilet, but you got to have perspective here. It's actually going really well. Wow. Okay. That's that's quite shocking. Uh, and I was surprised that Scott Pelley on, on 60 Minutes actually did kind of ask uh, Joe Biden about Hunter Biden. Yes, he did. Didn't exactly hold his feet to the fire, but... Well, and it's also, you know, Republicans are going to go after Hunter. Right. Not anything. It's just like those evil Republicans go after him. Did you talk about the laptop, Scott Pelley? We'll get into all of that. Coming up right here. Today, Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. Uh, Hunter Biden has nothing to do with Joe's presidency, not at all. Oh, that's what that's what he said on 60 Minutes. Now, Scott Pelley, the guy doing the interview for 60 Minutes, uh, actually did ask him, but he framed it in a uh, in a way that was sort of the Republicans pounce trope. Like, you know, oh, they're going to come after you because you're crackhead screw up son, Hunter Biden. Yes, they are. Those mean Republicans. And you know what? He overcame that addiction. Mr. President, if you run again, Republicans are most likely to go after your son, Hunter, once again. And I wonder what you would like to say about your son and whether any of his troubles have caused conflicts for you or for the United States. Okay, before we even son? get to that answer, yeah. would it have been better to say, okay, so we found out the laptop was real. Because the Washington Post and the failing New York Times and all these other, well, left-leaning outlets have admitted it. Okay. And part of that links you as the big guy. 
Yeah. Okay, what do you have to say to that? Are you the big guy? Uh, and if so, how did you profit from this? That's how you ask the question. No, well, he, you know, I yeah. just wonder, because these Republicans will come after your son Hunter yeah. yet again. I mean... You could also say, hey, you said you never talked to your son about business dealings, but there is a piece of audio out there. It's yeah. a voicemail that you left for your son. Yes. That says, oh, yeah, I think we're in the clear about a New York Times investigation into uh, his business practices. So obviously you did have a conversation with him about some of his business dealings. What was that about? Good call, David. But that, that was a joke. And how does Joe respond? I love my son, number one. He fought an uh, addiction problem. He overcame it. He wrote about it. And no, there's not a single thing that I've observed at all from the, that would affect me or the United States relative to my son, Hunter. Okay, says Scott Pelley. Enough of that. Thanks, Joe. Cow. Take it your word on that one. And the follow-up was? Uh, what was it? <laughs> there wasn't one. No. Nope. Man, oh, man. You know, there was this part, too, where they played it out where Biden had had all of these tragedies in his life, right, because he lost his wife and daughter and then Bo, And they're talking about that. And then they get to use, because as far as Biden's faith, that can be used by the media when it props him up a little bit, not when it might make him look bad. And this was quite a trick. I think of all the people... I've gone through what I've gone through and a lot more without what I had. I had an incredibly supportive family. There's so many little... Oh, yeah, you didn't hear that part of the interview, What's did you? No. Part of the What's with the weird whispery thing again? Yeah, he went back to that. Why? I'm telling you, someone in a focus group somewhere told him it was effective. They had to have, because then he goes back to it. <laughs> That's just what he does. So weird. I had an incredibly supportive family. There's so many, literally, heroes getting up every day, putting one foot in front of another with no help. I constantly think, what would Bo want me to do? What would Bo want me? And, you know, this gets me a long way, this rosary. Catholic and devout. He keeps a rosary in his pocket. <sighs> devout. Before he goes out and speaks on abortion, he rubs it for luck. I'm just going to say, a rabbit's foot? Come on, man. Right. Really? Yeah. If you're going to go that route, then you've got to ask some questions. Well, yeah. How do you square that? There's some conflicts of interest there. You're, you and the Pope aren't on the same page here. How do you square that? Right. It's a fair question. No. No, none of that. No. No, it was just a fluff piece like you figured it would be. Um, another one that I loved a lot was, you know, the fact when they were talking about the bipartisanship, it, it used to be there, but it's just not anymore. You know, and it used to be, what was it? it? You know, you could rip somebody's ideas, but now it just got so personal, that sort of thing. When you were, first came to the Senate, the other guy had a bad idea, and now the other guy is a bad guy. Yeah. And I don't know how you get back from Well, that. I tell you what, think about this. I was able to get a, we were able to get a bipartisan $1.2 trillion package done for dealing with the whole question of rebuilding the country, the roads and highways. 
The fact of the matter is we've gotten a lot of things done oh. bipartisanly. When everybody said we're not going to do anything, yeah. don't let Biden have any successes, etc. So it's still a way to go, but I think we're making some progress. Yeah, we can we can work together, you know. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. <laughs> They're a threat to our very democracy. <laughs> so mean, here's the guy. That's like, yeah, it's really too bad that we, it's just personal attacks now and, and going after one another. Yeah. Not ideas. You're a threat to democracy. Yeah, th this dude has been mean, cruel, and vindictive his entire career. The whole thing of like, oh, just kind of goofball, you know, Lunchpail Joe is a somewhat modern invention. Yes. I mean, you go back to the Clarence Thomas hearings. I mean, that guy was mean. He was vindictive. He was just never took anything in good faith. And that's when he had all his marbles, at least. Yes. Not sure about the rosary in the pocket at that time. No, no. We'll do some reporting on that. Okay, switching gears. Um, oh, this was an ugly scene over the weekend college uh, football yeah. game. Oh, buddy. Yeah, some Oregon Ducks fans got a little out of hand during Saturday's game against Brigham Young. Yeah. Um, what were they chanting there? The Mormons! The Mormons! Yeah. That, mm, that's uh, not very nice. Now, the official Twitter account for the student section sent out this statement saying, to all BYU football fans in attendance at today's game, we would like to apologize for the actions of the students in attendance we do not condone or support any hateful speech directed towards one's uh, religion and are ashamed of those who participated. I think it's interesting that it involves Brigham Young because Brigham Young was also at the center of controversy a couple of weeks ago when a volleyball player from Duke swore that she heard somebody yelling racial slurs. No one else heard it. She's the only one who heard it, apparently. And there's no evidence for it. And yet that created a national media firestorm about racism yes, on campus, even though it didn't happen. Yes, Stephen A. Smith. I mean, ESPN. They just kept going after it again and again and yeah. again. And, but and, there was no proof of it. Yeah, and, and to this... I mean, and, I don't know if you call this proof at the Oregon game or not. Okay, that's proof. Well, yeah. what they, what, clearly what they were saying, and you misunderstood, I think, is blank the Brandons. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It sounds like Mormons, but I, it was... I think, well, they were actually saying, Brand. let's go Gordon. Gordon? Let's go Gordon. Mean. Yeah. Okay. Okay, no, but, but and and look, yeah, it's a it's a handful of rowdy fans who got way out of line, and well, yeah. everybody, the appropriate people, have apologized. I assume there's going to be some sort of uh, some sort of uh, discipline after the people involved in this if they mm -hmm. can track down those individuals. So it's like I'm not blaming the University of Oregon uh, for that, I, but at the same time, it is kind of telling that when you have this on video. People chanting something like this about a Mormon university, nothing. It's not, you know, it gets kind of covered. It's sort of a ha-ha, look at that story, and then we move on with our lives when it's religious bigotry against uh, Brigham Young. Yeah, I don't think other colleges are going to be canceling their games with BYU coming up. Right. Or with Oregon. The way some college volleyball teams decided, well, we're not going to play BYU. Right. We're just not going to do that. What a joke, man. <laughs> yeah, they'll be over it, and then life goes on. But it is interesting still. There's no evidence at all of that other controversy. No. Hmm.
Well, maybe then is it time to have a good talk with the the lady that's the first one that brought it up? Are you hearing things that aren't happening? Yeah. Might be some sort of issue. I don't know. Just asking. Not here to judge. Um, Did see this story. Um, There's only a few things people still want to use cash for. This is something near and dear to Robin's heart because anytime he goes someplace and they don't don't go with any cash payments, you kind of go bug nuts crazy. Well, I just think it's it just feels so shifty, even though I'm not using cash. The fact that we don't accept any cash. Yes, you went to a couple ball games this year. Yeah, that was summer. the case. But yesterday it was weird because over the weekend I went to a little festival. Yeah, and a guy was selling pies, right? Okay, and I like I wanted one of the pies. And mm-hmm. it was cash only. Yeah, with stuff like that, you got to have cash. It's like, oh, man. Like a lot of times, if you're going to a high school game, yeah. some sort of event, you got to have the cash. Right. Yeah. Like when you're working the stand, right? Yeah, I just did that the other night. You don't have a little brick with you so you can put your card in. Well, no. Right. No, I mean, you're talking about a dollar for a can of soda. And well, I mean, some people carry no cash. There's some Laffy Taffy. I'm just not a fan. I mean, you know. By the way, speaking of that real quick, before I get back on this, things we still use cash for, there was a dude. They were selling pickles. Oh, yeah, those big ones? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the smell of them, man. No. I was having somebody else fish those pickles out for me. <laughs> yeah. You didn't want to go yeah, fish. I carry them over and then t- get the buck for the pickle. Yeah. You didn't want to get go pickle fishing is what you're saying. Yeah. No. Well, you know, so monkey pox is still fun. out there, so you might want to cancel your pickle Maybe. fishing plans. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, I couldn't believe how popular the pickle was. Now, oh, it was a hot night. People love the pickles. Okay. So, now, dude wants a pickle, and then he says, hey, could you put some of the juice into a cup for me? Did yeah. not have that request at all before. Like, well, you can do anything. And he goes, how many is left in the jar? I'll hold up the jar. It's like, ah, it looks like yeah, maybe two or three. I'll pay for all of them. You can just give me the jug. No joke, man. He took that jug. And just started drinking the juice. Oh, dude, I, I love pickle juice. It's <laughs> like, dang. Yeah, it was something. No, pickle juice is great, and it's better than Gatorade for rehydration. That's what I've heard. But he did, man. Are you, are you being honest, serious I'm, here? Pickle oh, juice is serious. better yeah. than Gatorade. Yeah, you know, I was talking. <laughs> I had mentioned a few months ago that I was uh, working out with a, a buddy of mine who's a personal trainer. And he's very intense when he's in that mode. He's a guy who always likes to give, you know, facts versus myth. It's Oh, it's, yeah, I love it's that It's like, guy. myth, you need to do crazy amounts of cardio in order to lose weight. Fact! The most effective way is getting in your zone two with your heart rate. Man, that's going to build up endurance and fast. Yes. That yes. will keep you healthier longer. Yes. But he actually did a myth-fact rant about pickle juice. Do you like Gatorade? Do you like Gatorade? Myth. Gatorade's the best thing to rehydrate. Fact. If you need electrolytes, pickle juice. Bro, I've got pickle juice all in my pantry. No joke, he does. He has like an entire shelf dedicated to pickle wow. juice. See? And so I took a shot of it, and I don't know if it actually works or whatever, but a little bit of pickle juice is actually a lot better and lower calories than some of the more popular sports drinks if you really are dehydrated and you need electrolytes re- replenished. This See? show is so educational. It should be on PBS. <laughs> Do our best. Yeah. Please. People like to use cash for smaller purchase, gum, candy, like at a ball game. Personal grooming appointments, like haircuts. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't for years. Minor emergencies, like keeping cash around at home to cover unexpected expenses. Okay. 
public transportation, groceries. Hmm. No. Um, gas. They say a lot of places charge less if you pay cash. Yeah. At the gas station. Clothing. That makes you stay on a budget. Like if I just have this much cash and that's it, then I can actually keep to it. Yeah, yeah that sort of makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that was fun at the in concessions. I was messing with some people. Somebody wanted an extra spoon. I said, oh, that's $5. <laughs> it's like this little girl. Really? Nah, just kidding. You can have it. <laughs> Isn't that kind of mean? No, it's fun. <laughs> that stuff's fun. Come on. Um, angry drivers can make $4,000. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Talked a little bit about the 60 Minutes interview with the president, Scott Pelley. Uh, he's not running again. No. I'm pretty confident of that. Really? Uh, didn't think so anyway. But, you know, he had said before, yeah, I'm going to run again. Mm-hmm. But it got brought up last night. Sir, are you committed to running again? Or are there certain conditions that have to be right? Look, if I were to say to you, I'm running again, all of a sudden a whole range of things come into play that I have uh, requirements I have to change and move and do. In terms of election laws? In terms of election laws. And it's much too early to make that kind of decision. I'm a great respecter of fate. And so what I'm doing is I'm doing my job. I'm going to do that job. And within the time frame that makes sense after. Maybe this has happened. I just don't remember any sitting president saying that. Like, of course I'm going to run again. No, he said that before. I'm a great respecter of fate. He said that a bunch of times. I mean, before Biden. Oh, yeah, before Biden. Um, not that I can recall. Yeah. But he goes on. This next election cycle here, going into next year, make a judgment of what to do. You say that it's much too early to make that decision. I take it the decision has not been made in your own head. Look. My intention, as I said to begin with, is that I would run again. But it's just an intention. But is it a firm decision that I'd run again? That remains to be seen. Mr. President. Mm. That means they've told me. Yeah, you're not running again. And I think that's why Gavin Newsom is trying to make as much noise as he possibly can. Thoughts? Boy, they're going to have to drag Dr. Jill out of the White House. Yeah. He's addicted to the power. He'll make a formal announcement in November after the midterms, I think, that he's not going to. Yeah, I'm looking at... He's got to clear the deck for Gavin. I'm looking at December, I'm thinking. Yeah, it'll be after the midterms, though. Yeah. Oh, good news for Scott. Angry drivers can get paid $4,000 to let out their pinup rage. Good, I'm in. The website vehiclefreak.com, looking for one angry driver to take part in a study examining road rage. Paid four grand for their time. But there's only one position available. And apparently it says you'll have to be aggressive, confrontational, and reckless. Okay. Well, I think the reckless, at least as far as driving, that comes natural. You don't do it on purpose. (laughs) No, it's a skill I have. (laughs) Yes. Might as well profit from that skill. Confrontational, aggressive. Yes, yelling at people. Yeah. uh, Motioning to them. Yeah. You're. You can use sign language. You have. I'm good at that. Few signs that pretty much everybody I think can I understand. Something. If this blows up, I know what I'm doing. Okay, vehiclefreak.com. Good luck to you. Okay, thank you. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Breaking news. David Van Camp. Man, New York City has reportedly fired another 850 public school employees for refusing to get the COVID vaccine. That's insane. Th- this comes right the after. The pandemic's over. We just heard it. Joe Biden literally on 60 yes. Minutes said the pandemic's over. What are we doing? President, first Detroit auto show in three years. <laughs> yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. <laughs> what are we doing? Dude, They so far, New York City has fired 2,600 municipal workers for not getting the, the COVID vaccine. Wow. Denmark just last week said anybody under the age of 50 that has no comorbidities. Not only is there not a mandate, you're not getting it because the risk of getting vaccinated is higher than you getting COVID. And your immunity is better if you get it and recover from it. Yes. Yeah. But in New York City, which is a tough city, because we're told it all the time. Oh, toughest. Yeah. There's still a mandate that you take a shot that you may not need or want. Well, they have an overwhelming amount of people that want to become teachers in New York. (laughs) They don't need them. This is the part where you lose people. It doesn't make sense. It totally doesn't make sense. I mean, when you have stories like this, and then you have, you know, I just heard the polling today that the governor, Hochul, who looks like she's straight out of Westworld or something like this (laughs) humanoid, is leading... How? How is it possible? Well, because there are a lot of voters in, in, in New York, and particularly in New York City, who are just sort of Democrat by default. Yeah, true. It's like Chicago, wow. like other cities like that, yeah. But never like, hey, this doesn't make sense. These policies don't make sense. These policies hurt us. We have to stop voting for them. It's mind-numbing. Well, to me. I mean, this is why Joe Biden and other Democrats go out there and start saying that the Republican Party is a fascist party. Right. Well, you don't want to vote for fascists, right? Right. Yeah, and you have a media that carries the water on. Yeah. That. Um, you know, speaking of the president, he was asked on sixty Minutes a number of different things. He definitely made news after he said he wasn't sure if he was going to run again. Uh, Scott Pelley brought up being fit for the job. Here was that conversation. You are the oldest president ever. Pretty good shape, huh? Which leads to my next question. You are more aware of this than anyone. Some people ask whether you are fit for the job. What? And when you hear that, I wonder what you think. Watch me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, that's all I think. Watch me. If you think I don't have the energy level or the mental acuity, then, then you know. That's one thing. It's another thing. You're just watching and, and, you know, keep my schedule. Do what I'm doing. I, I think that uh, 
You know, uh, I don't when I sit so down with that them. didn't make much sense, but I guess we don't need to. No. Pretty good shape, huh? <sighs> right. You know, uh, I don't when I sit down with our NATO allies and keep them together. I don't have them saying, "Wait a minute, well, how old are you? What do you what did they say?" You know, I mean, it's a matter of you know. You okay, Scott? I just, just the whole. What are they? What these guys? What did they say? <laughs> That old expression, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. I mean, I, I, I respect the fact that people would say, you know, you're old. And, but I think it relates to how much energy you have and whether or not the job you're doing is one consistent with what any person of any age would be able to do. How would yeah. you say your mental focus is? Okay, so that's like a real question. How good's the mental focus? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I say it's, I think it's I, I haven't look, I have trouble even mentioning even saying to myself my own head the number of years. I no more think of myself as being as old as I am than fly. What? Fly. Yes, David. Then then fly. What is then that? Fly. I don't know what that meant either. I thought you could help me with that. I guess I no more think of myself as being as old as I am than fly. I mean it's just not uh uh I haven't observed anything in terms of, there's not things I don't do now that I did before, whether it's physical or mental or anything else. I mean, so it's like squirrel playing on the table. <laughs> you know. What? Then fly. Yeah, squirrel playing on the table. Huh? I that guess, doesn't make any sense. I guess he's... I, <laughs> all right, I'm, my Josetta uh, Stone machine is, is heating up. It, it, it doesn't look like... A, it's it's going to be able to crack this code, but I think what he's getting at oh boy. is saying that it's ridiculous that he what thinks that he's as old as he is. Like he couldn't he couldn't think of himself being as old as he is any more than he has the ability to fly. Like it's just so impossible. Okay, golly, thanks for that. So squirrel playing on the table like an empty soda can. Right. <laughs> what? And mooses can't Bicycle get milk. Bicycle tires have <laughs> hot dogs in them. <laughs> I don't know gotta what's keep happening your, here. Gotta keep your sense of humor. Oh, my gosh. Gotta keep your sense of humor. <laughs> oh, and one other thing. This shorter clip. Just know this. As far as Ukraine, we're in for the long haul. Don't oh, care what gosh, it costs. Don't dang. care what it costs. It's an under-20-second clip, but just know it, whatever the cost. Ukrainian people are paying for this war is extremely high, but we're going to stay with them as long as they need our help. You're already north of $15 billion in That's terms right. of those commitments. How far do you go? As long as it takes. Ironclad commitment. Yes. How about our southern border? Well, the squirrel playing on the table with the empty soda can, <laughs> and, and we need more computer chips. We're building them. The prescription drug we're, prices. They're down. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Golly. Yes. Okay. <sighs> Moving on. Wow. Uh, do you want to hear what I think is some common sense? Sure. Dude, Bill Maher strikes again with common sense. Dude, uh, this this is scathing. It's wild because he sets up part of his monologue talking about people now want to judge everyone in history by you know what we're looking at in today's age. So he compares it to, you know, when you were younger, 
you look back at whether it was your haircut, what you might have been into, and you say, I can't believe I would have been into this or that, right? Right. But things change over time. Yeah. But there are people that want to hold everyone to a standard, you know, from 150 years ago to today. And so he brings up, well, among other things, Columbus. And I took out some of the laughter so that we could get to more material he had. Just roll it. Did Columbus commit atrocities? Of course. But people back then were generally atrocious. Everybody who could afford one had a slave, including people of color. Oh! Yeah, well. Well, that's true, but are you allowed to say it? He just did. Most people don't. Right. The way people talk about slavery these days, you'd think it was a uniquely American thing that we invented in 1619. But slavery throughout history has been the rule, not the exception. The Sumerians, the Egyptians, the Greeks, Romans, the Arabs, British, the early Americans, all the way up through R. Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when David hasn't heard it before. That's that's a good line. Yeah, that one got me too. The word slave comes from Slav because so many Slavic people were enslaved and they're as white as the Hallmark Channel. Yeah. Who do you think gathered the slaves from the interior of Africa to sell to slave traders? Africans who also kept their own slaves. We're a species prone to making others of our species our bitch. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Humans are not good people. That's true. So whenever you think, man, there's just so many things we're so divided in the country. When you have a liberal like Barr that just speaks common sense, that gives you hope. At least it gives me hope. Mm -hmm. You know. And the capacity for cruelty is a human thing, not a white thing. That's the truth, even though it doesn't jibe with the current narrative. But in today's world, when truth conflicts with narrative, it's the truth that has to apologize. Being woke is like a magic moral time machine where you judge everybody against what you imagine you would have done in 1066, and you always win. <laughs> yeah. It's well, so true. Well, it's I mean, today. We don't have to spend all the time on that, but the, <laughs> I'll just play for you the last point it gets to, which I thought was really funny. A couple of years ago, they made a movie called The Aeronauts about the scientists who broke the record for the highest altitude in a balloon. In fact, they were both men. But the movie made one of them a woman, because, as the director explained, representation is important. So true. Women never get enough credit for the things they didn't do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, to his point, it's kind of jarring watching some of the coverage of Queen Elizabeth's uh, uh, funeral today, even Mm -hmm. on MSNBC, because on the one hand, you have Andrea Mitchell who's sort of doing the play-by-play of the of the proceeding, who's weeping on MSNBC about the Queen and, and how much she meant to so many people. And then they go back to the studio, and you got these people talking about how, oh, this is terrible because we're whitewashing the, the, the Crown's <laughs> history of enslavement. I'm like, okay, pick one, man. I'm getting whiplash over here. Right. And I, it's like, yeah, you can celebrate the good and the bad. You can do all of that, but... Man, it's to to reduce somebody's memory down to something that she herself did not even do is is just weird. Yeah, but also to be expected. Yeah. 
Um, one other thing real quick before we move on. Um, saw this come out today. And it's about beer prices at NFL games. For a 16-ouncer, first of all, what do you think the highest price someone would charge for a 16-ounce oh, wow. beer at um, an NFL game? I haven't drank in a while, but, man, we were paying a lot. I'll say $20. I'll go 25 It's 15 bucks for 16 ounces. That is in Philly. Wow. Well, yeah, that's by design. I mean, it's kind of like how the, yeah. Bi- the Biden administration wants gas prices high so that you go buy an electric vehicle. There, in Philadelphia, they want to keep beer prices high so you don't get drunk and rowdy. <laughs> Fight and get arrested. Yeah. I mean, they still do it because Philly fans are champs. I mean, they're they're gamers. They'll they'll get hammered. Oh yeah. Last year, beer prices were fourteen ninety five. They're up just a skinch. <laughs> <laughs> nice Biden there. Very good. Gosh dang it. Yeah, LA second for the Rams and Chargers. Bucks. Wow. Followed by the Vegas Raiders. Wow. Fifteen dollars for sixteen ounces. Man, it's insane, man. Uh, who called DeSantis an animal? We will get to that much more. Coming up right in. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, reports are all is well now at Martha's Vineyard. Yes. It was a humanitarian crisis there for a little while, but Mm -hmm. uh, the tough people there withstood and gave everything they had to the migrants before they shipped them off. And and meanwhile, uh, Puerto Rico is without power or drinking water because of a hurricane. Whose fault is that? That was Trump's fault before when well, that happened. Yeah, right? when it was Hurricane Maria, it was Donald Trump's fault. So is it Biden's fault? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like... It seems like the, the Queen's funeral is taking precedence over an American territory uh, being literally in the dark. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. Well, I, I think I, I'm going to go with precedent and just say that uh, this is clearly only Joe Biden's fault has nothing to do with rampant corruption for decades in Puerto Rico, has nothing to do with anything else. It's Joe Biden's fault that Puerto Rico got hit by a hurricane. Is that the place where he ended up going to and then, like, throwing paper towels and stuff, yeah. and he got ripped yeah. on for that? Yeah. You remember that? He was, like, throwing like a football? Yeah. I don't, wow. Everyone <laughs> I don't seemed, remember that. Every, it, well, it was kind of like that's a jump. That's great. It was like a jump shot. He oh, was that's sorta, right. He was putting a little bit of elbow in it, had it braced with his left hand, and... Everybody yes. was having a good time. The only people who were mad was like Jim Acosta. Yes. And then the governor of Puerto Rico was mad. Yeah. That's right. Well, then half the people on Puerto Rico who were whining about Donald Trump after Hurricane Maria wound up getting indicted for corruption because they were stealing public funds. Yes. Oh, and isn't that where AOC's grandma is? Yeah, her abuela. Her abuela! Yes, and she was griping that Trump didn't go fix it. Yeah, and people oh, were saying, that's right. "Why didn't you send some money to Abuela?" Yes, yeah, that's right. It all comes Abuela. back to you. Yes, yes. Gosh, that that's was, right. I clearly remember that now. Yeah, I think it was Matt Walsh from Daily Wire that 
that started a GoFundMe for Abuela. Yeah. And then it got <laughs> shut down. She was very angry. He was just trying to help Abuela. He's always there in a pinch. Got to like that. Speaking of the Queen, did you see where David Beckham stood in line for 13 hours yeah, I saw to him. pay respect? Oh, yeah. And I'll see, you know, different interviews with, you know, people that have waited in the line and talk about what the Queen meant to them. And again, it's something that I don't think we can relate to in the United States. But for someone like David Beckham, you know, total A-lister, 13 hours. Yeah, while bouncing a soccer ball in his head. (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't. Is there anyone you would stand in line, Scott, for 13 hours to pay respects to? Oh, boy. 13 hours? Yes, this is my point. Holy smokes. It has to mean something to stand in line for 13 hours. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I didn't think so. That maybe I'm not, maybe like a parent or something. Even that, 13 hours, would you? I'd have to say, well, Pops, you know. You You wouldn't do it for David. You wouldn't do it for me. Oh, you guys? Of course I would. No, do you believe that for a second, David? I was going to say I'm personally hurt because you didn't even think about us, Scott. I would stand in line for 13 hours to pay respects to you, Scott. Oh, liar. Well, you kind of did, in a way. I mean, we went up and saw him in the hospital when he couldn't speak. <laughs> remember, and then he didn't remember any of it. Yeah. No. Remember, if they would have told us when he was in the hospital in 2015 with those heart attacks, you know, he's not going to remember any of this. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll forget it then. You just put a cardboard cutout in his well, room you guys and call could, it even. Well, no, what you guys could have done was put lipstick on me and eyeshadow <laughs> in my picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been good. Yes. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Biggest story of the day is what? Biggest story of the day is uh, Joe Biden doing that interview with 60 Minutes, a heavily edited version of it, as we have come to expect from 60 Minutes. I want to see the raw footage. I do, too. Because it seems like a lot of times uh, he would start to get off the rails, and then, boom, we're moving on to the next thing. Yes. And anyway, but he, he did say that we would commit our military to defending the island of Taiwan, if China yes. invaded, that's that's pretty newsworthy. He also said, "Ah, keep things in perspective when you're looking at the economy." Come on. Yes, uh, Ukraine, whatever it takes. Yeah. Totally committed there. I'm uh, not quite sure if I'm going to run again. You know, we'll see. Yeah, there was a lot of news that came out of that, and we have a news update to get to. And then Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day: the trifecta, coming up right here. Show, Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, a Gen Xer, a millennial, and a sexy boomer. Okay, don't you love it when someone from a certain place talks about people from another place and say they need to do something? Yeah. That's the wrong foot to get off on. Well, they need to do whatever. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So New York City has seen about 11,000 migrants go through their city. About 2,500 of those were sent by the governor of Texas. Just to put things into perspective, because I know 
uh, the take right now is that Governor Abbott is just sending all these migrants there, and that's what's causing so much problems or so many headaches in uh, in New York City. No, the Biden administration has been dropping off their fair share of migrants as well in New York City and other places as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, the rest, you know, again, 2,500 sent by the governor of Texas. The rest were dumped there by the federal government. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams is mad at Texas for doing that, saying our system's about to crumble. Well, all right. <laughs> yeah, let's share the pain here, okay? Uh, here's Eric Adams on CNN yesterday. Okay. We should be clear that this is, uh, as I stated, a humanitarian crisis created by human hands. And it, it, is, it is an all-hands-on-deck moment where we're all supposed to come together and coordinate. Coordination during a crisis is something that we must do together. And that's the federal government. That, are, that is also uh, the governor of the state of Texas, as well as the governor, governor of the state of Florida. Uh, we should not be... Uh, really treating other cities and municipalities in the manner that we're witnessing now. Okay. Yeah, he's done this before. Yeah. Whoever needs to do this, someone else needs to do that. Um, I don't know. Did you need to help Texas when they were going through such a hard time and still are? Yeah. Or Arizona? Again, I don't think this happens if you don't have people like Eric Adams and Muriel Bowser and Lori Lightfoot all saying... How dare anyone turn away someone here illegally? Oh, yeah. We should be welcoming them with open arms and give them resources. And you can talk the talk. But then when it's time to walk the walk, you send them to the suburbs? Then you say, we, we can't do this. Yeah. Well, well, when you... Well, you're exposed. When you put out the message that you're a sanctuary city and we're going to take care of you, you will be guaranteed housing. You don't think that that makes its way down south of the border? Are you out of your mind? Of course it does. Sure. That's why a lot of people wind up, once they've gone through any processing, they wind up going to New York City. Makes sense. That's, so, I mean, you're just and mad again, now. And again, in D.C., they wanted to help people pay for their legal fees. That's right. right. So, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a joke. Uh, and you look at El Paso, which El Paso now is seeing anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 a day show up in their city. And Gosh, you've, you've got people, upwards of a 1,000 people on the street, sleeping on the street every night, men, women, and children, because there's no place to put them. So no, it looks like a third-world country. Wow. Sort of like Phoenix in downtown right now. It, it is, man. It's crazy. All right, Robbins, you ready for your yeah, big Yeah, let's three? rock and roll, man. Let's go. Oh, he's excited. Let's do sure. this. Sure. Yeah. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. Always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Of course you are. (laughs) All right. The Scott Robbins trifecta. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Uh, number three, liberals melted down over Pat Sajak's photo with Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is pretty funny. <laughs> you know the Jacker's a conservative, right? Yes. But he sent them into just absolute rage. He was willing to pose for a picture with <gasps> Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's, of course, unabashedly very much MAGA and willing to take on the left at all times. One of the broadcasting reporters, a guy named Brian Green, was also in the picture. It's not clear whether he's related or where the picture was taken. But Jack was there. 
Well, let the outrage machine start. The company you keep, sir, is quite unfortunate. I'll be changing the channel when you're spinning the wheel the next time. <laughs> I love it when they do stuff like that. I can never look at Pat Sajak the same again. He's a traitor to our democracy. No more wheel of fortune for me. Sorry, but I have principles, sir. And being against the fascist Republican regime in this country is uppermost of those principles. I'm done with you. I solved the problem. Say, Jack. Jeez, man. <laughs> All because of one picture? Do we That's even know it. the context of the picture? Yeah, Just, it, it, was, it doesn't it, matter. They, right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Said he would do that. Okay. Gosh, dang. Yeah, they're not exactly reasonable people. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Scott Robbins tried to that. forever. Top three of the day. Two. Yes. Uh, number two, Denver is offering money to homeless people, but certain homeless people only. Yeah, $1,000 a month. Not bad, huh? That's out of the homeless population. The city currently estimated about 7,000. They hope to include another roughly 800 people through charitable de- donations. But even if you're lucky enough to wind up with being one of the 900 or so who's already going to get the cash, there is another significant hoop to jump through. Nearly all the recipients will be women or homeless people who identify as transgender or non-binary. Oh, man. In other words, you cisgender white males need not apply for the money because you ain't getting it. Yeah, but, dude, you can just say I'm non-binary. And, and see, that's I just mean, it, David. That's the secret. That unlocks it, right? <laughs> I mean, you take the money right out of the cash drawer, then. Your $12,000 you're going to get. <laughs> You got to pull a clinger, man. Wear a dress, a nice no, blouse. That's the beauty of it. Non-binary uh, is something that you don't even have to wear a costume to accomplish. That's true. Yeah, you don't. You can just do it, right? You just walk in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm non-binary. Say, hey, yeah. uh, doubles your chances on Saturday night. The city allocated two million dollars from the American Rescue Plan to fund the program, which will be run by something oh, called gosh. the Denver Basic Income Project. We're paying for that. Yes, we are. Okay. I love that, though, David. You're absolutely right. I mean, if I'm a white cisgender male and I want the dough, oh. I'm just going identi- to I'll identify as a, a potted plant if oh, that's yeah, what I mean, you want me to yes. do. <laughs> I mean, the non-binary thing is, yeah, listen, it's, it's a scam. It's completely made up, the, the non-binary thing. If you're if you're trans and you go through the hormone therapy as an adult and you you know you get the surgery and all that stuff, I believe you believe you're st- you were stuck in the wrong body because that's dedication. Non-binary, yep. it's kind of like for most women, it's sort of like the only costume you got to put on is you, you wear a bowler cap and a vest now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's true. The countdown doesn't stop till we reach the top. That's right. The Scott Robbins trifecta, the top three of the day, and finally at one. Uh, number one, we have a, I guess this is a big day, we have a new murder capital in America. You want to count them down from four to one, Casey? Do you want to do this? Number, I can give you what number four through one is, four. by the way. Number four is Chicago. With 17, no, hang on, with 17 homicides per 100,000 residents. So there's Chicago in fourth place. They're not trying hard enough, clearly. The third worst city for murders Three. is... Number three, that's right. Three. Stop it. Baltimore with 40 (laughs) homicides per 100,000. He's looking at me right now saying you wanted his help. Right. You want to take a shot at what number two is, boys? What's number two? Before we reveal number one, what do you think number two is? Two. I haven't asked yet. (laughs) 
Uh, Damn guy. Casey is signaling to me that he said, you said, Scott, that you wanted his help with the countdown. I did, but now not, you're yelling at I know. Him. When we get to two, I'll say, now we're up to number two. Now you're <laughs> two. two. There. But we're not there yet. I thought we were. You said guess. Nope. I want you guys to guess what number two is. Right. Uh, um, St. Louis. Yeah, I'd say St. Louis. Uh, you'd be correct, sir. That's number two. Two. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. One. Uh, now we're up to number one. That's right, you, Casey. Yes. And number one, taking the top spot with 205 murders per 100,000. Can I guess again? Yes. Is it New Orleans? Yes. Yes. Good job. Well played. Well played. Good job. Yeah, they're doing well. I saw some numbers last month. 205 murders thus far in 2022. 52 homicides per 100,000 taking the top spot is New Orleans. It's so sad, man, because it doesn't have to be that way. It's the policies in place. It's crazy, man. And there you have it. I've been to each and every one of these cities, too. What with the policies? I've been to the top four cities, yes. Oh, you've been to the top four. And it's interesting because in Baltimore, remember a guy telling me from the hotel, don't go a block over. I can't guarantee your safety. Stay on this street only. Wow. Have fun. Yeah. Yes, David. Well, now we know what all those cities have in common. It's your fault, Scott. <laughs> that's right. I brought the crime with me. That's exactly what it was. Damn, man, that's nuts. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Um, you know, kind of a holdover here. It wasn't in your trifecta, but David grabbed something that would probably get your attention because one of your heroes, Adam Kinzinger, has spoken. Uh, no, he's not my hero. No, he's not at all. You can't stand him. No, I really can't stand him. He's ambitious. And he's a, a traitor, and so anyway, yeah, go ahead. He's got a future probably at CNN or MSNBC. Oh, of course he does. That's what he's He's doing. on the January 6th committee, you know, I, with Liz oh, Cheney. Yeah. What did Kinsinger say? So he, he did a, uh interview on the Axe Files. That's David Axelrod's podcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he did this interview, and he was asked about uh, whether or not it was worth the framing is basically asking whether or not it was worth giving up his seat in the House of Representatives to vote to impeach Donald Trump, which is totally politically ignorant because he got districted out of a seat yeah, he by did. Democrats yeah. in Illinois. Yeah, that's how much mm-hmm. they like him. Yep. Okay, roll it. We were asking 18 to whatever, you know, anybody in the war to be willing to die for their country. And we need that. We need people willing to die for their country. But if I, as a legislator, am going to be willing to vote to send people to combat or to ask people to be willing to die for their country, the basic thing I have to be willing to do is give up a career for the same cause. How in the world can I worry about my job at the cost of democracy in the future of this country? We're not talking about a vote on marginal tax rates. We're talking about an existential vote. And then at the same time, shed a tear when I salute the flag because somebody gave their life for this country. And that has stayed with me from the very beginning. I don't think what I do or what Liz has done is courageous at all. I think there is just so much cowardice out here that it looks like courage by default. Please, it's not courage to me. Wow. You were already done. Ego problem, yes. Yes. Okay, thank you. That was worth the extra time there of the tribe factor. That guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, you bet. Thanks, Casey. See you, Thank Casey. You. Always, yes. Gosh dang. feel bad for Casey. Felt like he got yelled at for no reason. Well, then you made him listen to Adam before he left. I know.
Goodbye. Yeah. All right, news update and Nimrod's in the news you don't want to miss. Straight ahead right here. Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David Van Camp, news update. Uh, well, I think it's kind of interesting looking at the new NBC uh, poll on the midterm elections. The generic ballot is always kind of hard to read because it's just, eh, you know, you can say Republicans up three or Democrats up four, whatever. It, it doesn't really make sense. I, I think you have to look down at the issues. And on basically every issue outside of abortion, Democrats are running, or I'm sorry, Republicans are running up the score. Border security, it's like plus 30. Inflation, it's like plus 17 or something like that. Yeah. So it is kind of interesting as we inch closer to the actual midterm elections, what people are caring about and where they think their vote would be the most effective. That's why Democrats keep clomming on to abortion. It's all they got. Yeah, and even that. Until you start talking about at what week, then it changes. Mm-hmm. But usually the Democrats just say they want to eliminate all abortion, including rape and incest. That's usually what it comes down to. Right. Um, I'm not going to include this in Nimrod's. I guess I could. Uh, it's crazy, man. This story made the rounds. This dude that was smashing up a New York City McDonald's with an axe. And one dude, he just beat right across the head, not with the axe, but just with an open hand. Has anyone seen the video of this? I have. Yeah, I did. Holy smokes, yeah. man. That dude has been released without bail. I know. Of course he has. Wow. Unbelievable. So apparently, he's trying to talk to this girl at the McDonald's. This dude's 31 years old, Michael Palacios. And the girl wants nothing to do with him. And so I guess you got this, like, jilted dude, and he starts causing a scene, and these guys are trying to keep him away. All of a sudden, he reaches in his backpack. He's got an axe, and he just starts busting up the place. And then he comes over to the girl and is leaning over with the axe pointing at her. I mean, it's if you're in there, you're terrified. And then one guy just slaps across the head. And you would think, okay, something like that, that guy's got to go to jail for a long time. You would certainly think so, yes. No! He's already out. Because of the law there. Yeah, that that's the thing. That's the dangerous thing of the cashless bail system as it's been designed. Because it, it's one thing if there's ambiguity as to whether or not somebody is guilty and how long can you keep somebody in lockup. But when you have video evidence of it, when it's like, okay, everybody... This is going to get pled out at some point, probably. Yes. Then, yeah, you got to keep that guy off the streets. Well, he said he was arraigned on fourth-degree criminal mischief and possession of weapons charges, but was freed because neither charge is eligible for bail under the state's lenient criminal justice reforms. All right. You can pull out an axe and bust up McDonald's and smack a dude across the head. Yeah, it's all right. It's just 
the reason we have so many criminals is just because our our laws are too too strong. Well, it's cops are out of control. You know that. Well, yes. Yeah. Got to keep the cops away. That's it's right. absolute insanity. All right, let's get to Nimrods. Roll it out. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. We go to Tennessee. That's 41-year-old Marcello Moore. Drove to a gas station, tried to rob the place, walked into the store, stuck a gun under a plexiglass divider, demanded money. Woman working at the counter was 78. She wasn't having it. She ducked under the counter and hid. So then Marcello panicked and bolted. He drove off, but the cops caught up with him a little while later because his car ran out of gas. Oh, see? Then he jumped out and tried to run, but he was caught and arrested. Got to plan ahead, man. You run out of gas? Yeah, you can't do that. You think of that ahead of time? Right. These guys aren't the brightest. That's why we call it Nimrods in the News.